Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. We're going to do Sue's News here in a couple of minutes. We've got Jennings coming up after that. He'll weigh in on all the politics of last week and the craziness, the Supreme Court hearings, etc. But um, let's do a little update here before Sue's News on the show shooting down in Houston because there's information that's a little uh, conflicting. Now, originally, the report was on the the gun, the assault-style rifle had the word Free Palestine written on it. They came out, Fred, we had the news conference a couple right. hours ago. They said it has Palestine. It doesn't say Free Palestine. They also say that anti-Semitic writings were found in the search of the items. The shooter is identified. And I'm gonna. I don't like to identify shooters. It's not necessarily a mass shooting. It was an attempt at a mass shooting. But the gender issue is interesting to people here this afternoon. And I'm not sure if we figured it out completely. 36-year-old Genesee Ivan Moreno carrying the rifle with the word Palestine written on it. The motive they say is not clear. They say that she acted alone. There is some information about a dispute between her and her ex-husband's family, some of whom are Jewish. But there was a bunch of, I would call it ex-chatter, you know, formerly Twitter, about how this was another transgender shooter. And one of the things that's confusing about that is you have someone who was using name, female names and male names. They said at some point, uh, Fred, when they were doing the news conference, that she— um, Use the name Jeff every once in a while. So anyway, here's what they said a little bit earlier this afternoon. Our shooter is identified by a driver's license as Genesee Moreno, 36 years old, Hispanic female. There are some discrepancies. We do have reports. She used multiple aliases, including Jeffrey Escalante. So she has utilized both male and female names, but... Through all of our investigation to this point, talking with individuals, interviews, documents, Houston Police Department reports, she has been identified this entire time as female, she, her, and so uh, we are identifying her as Genesee Moreno, Hispanic female. All right, so there you go. Now you have the pronouns. They were very concerned about the pronouns, so they got those straight. How about the, uh, the sticker? There were two weapons of hers recovered on the scene. An Anderson Manufacturing AR-15, which was what she utilized to fire at the officers. There was a sticker on the buttstock of the rifle that stated Palestine. A sticker simply stated Palestine. So we don't, we don't know all the details, but here's what we do know. This was another mentally unhinged yeah. Yeah. person, and there's quite a bit of information about that. And it happens seemingly every time. We do have some facts that she was 
put under an emergency detention order by Houston police officers. Uh, we believe in 2016. Uh, we do believe that she does have a mental health history that is documented through us and through interviews with family members. So here's some of the reporting. NBC News says that she has a documented mental health history, was placed under emergency detention by police in 2016. There's a neighbor who lives four doors from her. Maria Scott is her name, says she didn't know her well, but people talked about her because she was wreaking havoc. A couple years ago, Moreno knocked on her door at 7 o'clock in the morning, insisting I go get my dogs out of her mother's yard. She was just very stern, stern, very angry for someone at 7 a.m., um, she had heard this particular person that Moreno carried a firearm. So I, I don't know that we have all the answers here. But here's really the, the tragedy of this, I think, is that and this is where it's a little confusing. There was a seven year old little boy that was shot in the head by the police because this woman had him walking into the school. I don't know if you would say as a human shield, but well, it certainly came off that way. I, I, the story I read said she pulled him out of the vehicle in front of her. Right. Rather yeah, than rather the than school. them walking. Oh, oh I uh, okay. Yeah, she was in the vehicle, pulls the kid out, and walks into the school with with, with the child, and then mm. they're shooting. I mean, I don't. I think we have some of the. Um, you remember Fred? If we have anything from them describing exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Down but, listen. Here's here's yeah. what happened. So this this will kind of fill okay. in some blanks here. She gets out of her white vehicle. She opens the door pulls out the seven-year-old child out of the back seat, as well as uh, a bag that is with her. She goes, she confronts a security guard who lets her in along the west side of the building. At 13.55, pardon me, 1.55 p.m., she immediately starts firing inside of the hallway on the west side of Lakewood Church. But, but keep in mind, here she is, she's got a backpack and she's with a kid she doesn't look like she's going to shoot up a church right so the security guard lets her in she's in the hall not in the sanctuary multiple rounds are fired by her hmm. at which point officer moreno of the houston police department working an approved extra job at the location as well as tabc agent herrera return fire that is alcohol and uh, Bureau of Alcohol and Tobacco. I'm not exactly sure. They had someone who was a member of that organization. I'm not sure how they played into that, Fred. Did you understand that? I, I think they were just working okay, there. Okay, there at the time. Yeah. And the exchange is all there on the west side of the building, in the hallway. Multiple shots are exchanged by all three. She eventually falls to the ground. The seven-year-old child it falls to the ground as well. From gunfire, one uh, gunshot wound to the head. What do you say about that? First of all, the kid might not even survive. Oh. He was in critical condition, seven-year-old kid, mom's dead. But the gender issue is confusing because they say that the child is a biological child. So then you kind of start going through, wait a second, was she a biological man that became well, a woman? Was she a biological female that gave birth? We don't know some of that. Maybe she's just a woman who used male aliases. Well, it might be that way, but right. I'm telling you, the, the, you know, the social media world went nuts with oh, all I'm the sure. trans stuff, and I want to be... I want to just report it accurately. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I don't really know what the truth is. As so often is the case with many of these, we still have a lot of questions. And I think they, they tried to answer some of those today, but didn't get to all of them. So we'll see what happens. That could have been, let's just state the obvious here. Despite the fact that there's a seven-year-old kid that might make it, that could have been a lot worse. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine how many people might have died if they didn't uh, have those guns in the there. The parsonage or the church seats 16,000. I mean, it's the country's largest church. So 
That's a Do bold you hear statement, from yeah. that explanation that those that, th- those weren't cops that arrived on the scene? Those were people that were in that. I think it was off-duty off right. yeah, police that like was it. working as security. security. Right. Yeah. He yeah. said it was an approved position. Right. Blah, blah. Man. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the details we have so Thank far. Thank goodness. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News. Sponsored by Mr. Appliance. Speedy expert service. MrAppliance.com. Mark, I had this thought yesterday during the Super Bowl. Did you make the little smokies? No, I went with chili. Yesterday. Oh, interesting. I, I, because it's right. um, a classic. Becky makes the little smokies. Yeah. And I do love those little pigs in a blanket with some ketchup, maybe. But I decided, what am I going to do? And we were thinking about like Super Bowl sushi. We didn't yeah. plan enough for that to make the order on Saturday. So I made a little, uh, I had a great venison chili recipe that I've used the last couple of years, and I didn't get a deer this past year, so I made it with ground chuck, but it was still very like good. Like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> what did you have, Fred? So what didn't get a deer either. Yeah, that no. was breaking news. We had, uh, <laughs> chi- we had chili as well. Oh, you did? All right. excellent. Marie made chili. Uh, uh, another friend, Susan, brought some uh, roast beef sliders. Oh, that's nice. Which were great. We like Susan. And we'll uh, have, Do you have a little horseradish? I like a little horseradish. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was. And Tom and Jenny, our friends, brought um, Rotel cheese dips, so that was great. It's a classic, you Fred. Know, the most impressive thing of the, of the night was just trying to keep kind of the number of times that Taylor Swift showed up on the screen. Yeah, yeah. It was and quite I think a friend. Did a shot every time that happened. <laughs> we did, we kept count. We, we took bets. We all had to pick a, a choice, make a, a bet of how many times. What was the over-under? Who won? Yeah. Um, my friend Becky won. She hit thirteen, and that's all we counted. That's fair. thirteen really times that during many? the game. Huh. Yeah, during the game, Good thirteen. Lord. Abby, what'd you guys eat? Uh, pretty much everything you guys just said. We had chili, <laughs> we had cheese dip, we had some boneless wings, we had a lot of cookies, oh. some brownies. Oh, all what of else? you, all of you did well. Look, I <laughs> yeah. documented my. There's my little prep station. Oh, nice. Check that out, <laughs> hey, and then look at that. What's so, that? I like well, the look of like, it. That's my my roux to a oh, certain extent. So well. This recipe is interesting. I take the onions and the green peppers, and I put all the um, yeah. all the ingredients in there, and you know, really give them a little flavor. Soften, yes, yeah, soften. Yeah. Ven- and then I put the ground beef for the venison in there, nice. and then I put it in the slow cooker. Okay, I yeah, like it. It's very nicely done. Uh, commercials, all right. We haven't talked about it yet. Fred, did you have a fave? Uh, I really liked the uh, Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Did you? Yeah, Ben yeah. Affleck to Matt Damon, Tom Brady. The Tom Brady part was uh, funny about that one. Mark, did you have a favorite? I like I like the, the Michael Sarah one. Did you did you see? No, oh, I haven't Sarah seen one? that. Right, what is that? I'm Michael Sarah, and human skin is my passion, which is why I developed this. Sarah Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> so there's a product that is called Sarah which is like a yeah. Yeah, moisturizing, moisturizer. Essential ceramides. Sarah developed with Michael Sarah. We like. So my name is Sarah. And so there's, it's a perfect crossover <laughs> opportunity. I thought it was very funny. That's that 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 the too. pitch but, uh, for that to be the campaign, you know, for okay, Sarah I like that funny. one a lot. Uh, I like the Christopher Walken. I love all things Christopher Walken. The so BMW I, commercial. I missed this one. What? Oh, so cute. Mm, yeah. Ooh, so adorable. Yeah, wow. Yeah, right. We both know it's the man makes the clothes. Hello, Mr. Walken. Does this table work for you? Yeah. Yeah. Did someone say yeah? It's all Don't people. You got somewhere to be. Yeah. Okay, that was like an usher thing. Yeah, oh yeah, they were all making fun of the, everybody he ran into spoke like Christopher Walken. I the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as the agent for State Farm was interesting. I didn't really love it till the end. Thank you, Agent State Farm. Like a good neighbor. Neighbor. State Farm is there. Cut. 
Hey, Arnold. Well, I'll take you to the end. Thank you, Agent State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. <laughs> you are a backstabber. I am a backstabber. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah, that was pretty good. I spent I... most of the time talking about his face because it looked oh. like he had. It looked just didn't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It looked kind of kind of odd, like well, there was some surgery. Fred, a little catty Botox there. I just thought there was right. Arnold. What'd you think, uh, uh, Abby? I don't. I didn't really have a favorite. I don't know. I kind of spaced out. I was mainly confused as to why they did an Uber Eats commercial about memory and they didn't have Joe Biden in that one. That was oh, weird to me. Geez. I saw a lot of really good movie commercials and TV for TV shows. A lot of movie. It sounded ads. really good. Like you, you know that they're serious when they're spending all that money and the movie doesn't come out like Wicked until November. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way. Jesus continues to have a big bankroll. Let me tell you yeah. something about Jesus because he's rolling out. I don't know why Jesus isn't spending money on some other things outside of fourteen million on a Super Bowl commercial. I didn't see that one. You didn't see? Yeah, well, there I was saw one. It twice. He, get, he oh, gets yeah. us. Yeah, there was one. He gets us. What about the Kennedy ad? I thought that was really cool, but apparently RFK didn't have anything to do. Well, with it. okay, yeah, in theory, but here's what that <laughs> sounded like. just basically an old school yeah it was really black cool. and white it showed different obviously it was popular no, it, kennedy it, family members color it had color oh i thought it didn't well they were flashing back to things that didn't have color so did it have color yeah they they had uh, well they, at least they made his eyes blue in it <laughs> uh, but here what i was going to say is if i can find his uh twitter handle here rfk would it just be rfk jr he, he says it was the super PAC that essentially put this together. But Abby pointed something out. If you go to his site right now mm-hmm. on X, Robert Kennedy Jr. is the, um, the entire handle. And at the top, you know, you can pin something at the top so people see that first. Yeah, he's got a pin. Oh, it's the ad. Oh, yeah, you're right. I guess there was. Yeah, and he apparently had to apologize to well, family that's, that's, members. That's what I was going to get to. Yeah. So it's funny because the first thing he does is he, after the ad rolls, he says, I'm so sorry if the Super Bowl advertisement caused anyone in my family pain. The ad was created and aired by the American Value Super PAC without any involvement or approval from my campaign. Right. FEC rules prohibit Super PACs from consulting with me or my staff. I love you all. Uh, God bless you. And then, well, I can and then see he how puts that the ads on. Right, but I yeah. mean, I, I still think he was pretty happy with the ad. I hope so, because it, it was kind of cool. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Super Bowl, kind of a snore the first half, so I went out for Thai food Ooh. Uh, with my friend neighbor Jen. It was quite a good night. Oh. There was a place in Maplewood. It was pretty good. Got there for the uh, the excitement of the second half. Uh, what was I going to say about that? Oh, the records, of course, Chiefs are the ninth team to repeat as Super Bowl champs, first since the Patriots. Uh, the kickers, of course, they kept drilling. They did that. Jake Moody did that 55-yard field goal. Set a record. That was the record then until another record, another record set <laughs> yeah. right after. That was pretty cool. But other than that, it was only the second half that had anything fun. But now you have a scenario where there there never has been a three-peat. And, you know, oh. that, that would be the motivation for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to come back. They're going to probably – the crowd didn't like it because no. the crowd knew I was going to talk about Chris Jones. Probably not going to be a part of this team <laughs> next year as a free agent. The crowd concerned about that, so the defense may have some issues. But, look, that was a hell of a second half and a hell of a Super Bowl in the end. It was pretty cool. It's National Hug Day if you want to hug uh. anyone that you know. And uh, let's see, just a quick... Fred gives me a hug every day I come in here. <laughs> That's, That's so how we sweet. start the afternoon it's so usually. Sweet. Just, I'm just checking them for yeah. weapons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that makes sense. One food note uh, Old El Paso is introducing new Cinnamon Toast Crunch dessert taco shells. Anyone? 
Oh, uh, you put a little cream in there, maybe some uh, ice cream. I can do that. Ice cream sounds mm-hmm. good. They're similar to the usual taco shells, but they've been blasted with cinnamon toast crunch, cinna dust. Uh-huh. So back in the day when I would go to um, Casa Gallardo, which now is a, the one that I would go to is on yes. Manchester Road, right there where Rosalita's is, but they would have sopa pias. Oh, like, I love sopa was like my favorite thing ever. Oh, it's so good. Honey I forgot and all cinnamon about, oh, on that. Fred, Fred's face great. lit up right away. Yeah, this is my favorite. ice cream on there. That. Oh. Yeah. Uh, for now, they're exclusively available at Walmart.com. They're about three bucks while supplies last. But next month, they'll also be popping up at retailers nationwide for, of course, a limited time. God forbid they put out anything for something besides <laughs> a limited time. Sue's News brought to you by Mr. Appliance Speedy Expert Service. They are fantastic. Go to MrAppliance.com if you have a problem with any of your appliances. Now, I finally, in Sue's News, have today's random fact. And this has music because this freaked me out. The song Girls Just Want to Have Fun, Cindy Lauper, was written by a dude. So that was a cover? Yes. I don't oh think I knew that. I didn't. So it was like a punk song. Yes. Wow. I didn't know that. This is a guy named Robert Hazard. He wrote and recorded it in 1979. But uh, it did not become a hit until Cindy Lauper covered it four years later. And my friend Greg Laswell took this into a very different direction. He, um, he became... Uh, popular on on the YouTube and the Instagram and everything because he did like a I don't have it with me right now but he did like a real somber slowed down oh. version of that song made it more of a of a sad love song and and so that there's all kinds of different versions of that out there. Oh, that's interesting. But that was the original. And that's it for Sue's News. I did not know that. That is a good random fact. That's why we have random facts yes. here on the Mark Reardon show. Jennings coming up next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It would have been better off for Joe Biden to have been indicted today than what this report turned out. The You're way politically. The, yes. The number one thing, mm. the number one anvil on the head of this campaign is the American people do not believe he has the mental acuity 
to serve as president today or for four more years. That is Scott Jennings on CNN last week. I don't even know why I would have you as a guest. That kind of sums it up, right? We'd just be repetitive here this afternoon. How are you? Yeah. I'm good, man. And and by the way, the polling over the weekend bore out my claims. I mean, an ABC News poll released yesterday said 86% of Americans think Biden is too old to serve another term. I mean, that's about as, as, as close to unanimous uh, opinion as it gets in this country. 86% say he can't do it. And you've got these Democrats on TV saying, oh, he's fine. Everything's fine. They're whistling past the graveyard, man. How much are they paying like Mitch Landrieu and some of the other ones to go on TV and say, oh, he's just fine? Because let me tell you, that is really that's really stunning to have to kind of carry the torch on this. Oh, and and, and they did it. I mean, lots of people went out there this weekend and talked about, uh, you know, how how great he is and how they've never seen him exhibit any issues. I mean, this one guy, Robert Herr. Uh, spends a couple of hours over a couple of days with Joe Biden and, and immediately comes to the conclusion that the rest of the American people have done watching him on television, which is he's old, old. And, uh, you know, he's a lot worse than even he was, I think, during the 2020 campaign. There's a lot of difference uh, just over the last couple of years. All right, let me play KJP and her, you know, her assessment here. They're they're ripping on her and, and his, um, you know, reasoning here they don't think it's even proper for them to include that in the special counsel's report special counsel her is, is as far as i remember is a is a uh, obviously a, a republican a a a uh a prosecutor it's not for him to speak to it's just not and uh, you've heard from legal experts from across the ideological spectrum even uh in a former attorney general and he says and they have come out to say that the stuff in this report uh, that is capturing all of your attention right now is just wrong. Okay, well, I don't think everyone's saying that. And I think that Mr. Herr sort of made it clear, and other federal prosecutors have said, look, the reason that he had to include that is to offer um, the rationale for why he wasn't going to take it to prosecution, right? Yeah, the, the alternative here is, you know what? You're right. He's fine, so now i got to indict him. That's the alternative, which, by the way, do you have to be a doctor to talk to someone and, and realize they got applesauce for brains? I mean, you, do you have to be a doctor to, like, come to the realization that someone is forgetful or that they can't answer simple questions like, hey, when were you vice president of the United States? You don't have to be a doctor to record that they couldn't remember that. So this is all misdirection. And by the way, one more thing on this. These attacks on Robert Herr, this man, when he was appointed by Garland, was praised by Dick Durbin, Chris Van Hollen, and several other Democrats who praised him for his nonpartisan uh, you know, uh, demeanor and personality. This guy has a great reputation in the legal community, and now they're trashing him. And the Biden White House is threatening to fire Merrick Garland in a Politico article this, article this weekend. What? Because they're – yes, they say – they're threatening to fire the attorney general because he didn't meddle enough in this report, and he hasn't, you know, I guess, done enough to stop the special independent special counsel from putting out this report. If Donald Trump and his people had done anything near similar to this, they'd be swinging from the chandeliers on every cable news outlet right now. But it, it's it, Joe Biden. One of the big things he ran on. I'll have an independent. The sacred and independent Department of Justice. I'll never interfere. You know, I'll appoint someone who's totally separate from me. And here they are threatening to fire Merrick Garland.
over this? Give me a break, yeah, man. Yeah, I missed that. Look, we had a very lively, spirited conversation on Friday on my Reardon Roundtable, and you have met and you know my friend Jane Duker, and, and I love her, although she was unhinged completely on Friday. And here's her take, and I just want to get your opinion because, look, I can't tell you that she's wrong about this because politics is so weird and the news cycles are so weird. Her position was, look, these guys are both too old and that this, in the end, is not going to be significant for Biden politically. I, I would say it's very significant because I think now you have all the people out there that may have been a little bit of afraid of encouraging Joe Biden to get off this ticket. They're being a lot more vocal. I saw at least five columns in The New York Times in the last three days. Thoughts on that? Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to play a clip of her. I, I you know, I, I totally disagree. I mean, 86 percent of Americans think that he is not fit to serve another term. Nobody in America thinks he can serve another five years this year plus four more. So I think she's totally wrong. And on top of and on top of that, he's got a vice president who is even less popular than he is. And so to me, the political issue is just beyond his own ability to perform. It's okay, well if I'm voting for him or they're asking me to vote for him and I don't think he could serve another term. What am I actually voting for? Well, I'm actually voting for Kamala Harris, yes. who, if you can believe it, is even less popular than Joe Biden. So they've got like a double whammy political problem. His age, his ability to perform, and on top of that, well, what's the backup plan? Oh, God. <laughs> All right, so, But let, let's talk about this from a little different perspective. I'm going to run down. I have um, some information on what the path might be here if they would try to replace him at the convention. But let's be honest about this politically, because the polling, certainly, if you look at Nikki Haley, she's not going to be the nominee. But even if you look at Trump in the key battleground states, he's smoking Biden right now. They put someone up there, Gavin Newsom, wherever the hell it might be. Doesn't that change the whole narrative of the election and make Republicans worried that they, they could lose this? Possibly. It depends on how they do it. I, you know, I've, I've been saying all along, there's no way he won't, meaning Biden, won't be the nominee unless he self-selects. Yes. He would have to say, I'm out. I won't accept it. Then the Democrats would have to come up with something else. And honestly, if they did that, if he were to like pop up at the State of the Union in March and say, you know what, I've done enough and I'm not going to serve and it's time for me to move on, I actually think it would put a jolt of energy into the Democratic Party. They would all be relieved that he you know, that, that instead of us having to take the keys away from dad, he turned them over willingly. And number two, it would then set off like an actual pursuit of their, uh, you know, nomination for their nomination, which they haven't had because they rigged this thing for Joe Biden. So I actually think it would set off a fairly energetic period for them. And at the same time, of course, Donald Trump is facing down what I think is likely going to be a trial in, New, in uh, Washington where he's, you know, there's a pretty good chance he's going to be convicted so, yeah, I do think it would give them a better chance to win because right now I think Biden gives them the worst chance uh, to defeat Donald Trump. So, uh, they're, if, But if that doesn't happen, they are on track to nominate the one person with the one vice president who absolutely could lose to Trump. What did you think of the RFK ad last night during the Super Bowl? Caught my attention because yeah. I'm a political junkie, and the minute I heard that jingle, I, you know, I looked up. Uh, I saw that all the Kennedys were mad, and I saw, I saw that RFK had to apologize to them. You know, there's worse ways to spend $7 bucks in politics. I mean, that thing got a ton of clicks and a lot of attention. Uh, I still think his biggest challenge is ballot access, but you know what? In, 
in the attention economy, I think it did the trick. What do you think? No, I, I think it did the trick, yep. too. Absolutely. No, he kind of apologized that his family members were hurt, but he didn't care because he pinned it at the top of his Twitter page, and he's trying to get that thing out there as much as he can. Now, it's my understanding, and I think this works kind of cuts both ways, but doesn't it appear at this point that he's maybe drawing more people from Trump than from Biden? I disagree. I think okay. he's drawing more people from Biden. I think, I think there are Democrats who just don't want to vote for Biden who are looking for any other door that's not Trump. Good enough. Pitchers and catchers report Wednesday. Jennings, when are you going down there? Uh, I'm going down the first weekend of spring training. I'm going to see a couple of games, including the Cardinals versus the Red Sox, which is an unusual game for us, I think. Uh, so I'll be down there right out of the gate, and I'll have a full report from Jupiter if you want one. We look forward to it. Yeah, Matt Pauly just got down there over the weekend. He's going to check in with us tomorrow. But thank you, Jennings. We'll talk soon. Have a great week. Thanks, Mark. See right. you. I-, I wanted to go down because, and this is a Politico um, piece, so I'll-, I'll just put that as a caveat because – they, they tend to certainly lean to the left and not to the right in legacy media. But they, they gave us a path here for figuring out because, look, I think Jennings is right. This looked like a very, you know, small proposition that Biden can be replaced. Now it's a little bit more realistic. Uh, yeah. However, you have to execute things. So here's what they say. Um, the truth is, is that a backup strategy can only be deployed if Biden volunteer Biden rather I said Biden because I was looking at the word voluntarily. If Biden voluntarily steps aside or is physically unable to stand for nomination at the moment, despite the anxiety, again, this is political sort of breaking this down within the party. There's no dispute. Biden is on a glide path to the Democratic nomination. His long shot rival, Dean Phillips, has warned for months about the risks of nominating Biden. yet has failed to gain traction. So a late entering white knight candidate isn't an option at this point. That's because of the ballots and the way that the primary season works. And you heard Jennings refer to that. They've basically baked it in for Biden, even though only three percent of the total delegates have been awarded so far. That's because the filing deadlines for primary ballot access will have passed by the end of the month in all but six states. So really, even if you had, they point out, even if a candidate managed to get on the ballots in all those states, even if they won every single delegate available in them, it still wouldn't make much of a dent against the president's delegate hall. He would amass more delegates just on March 5th, Super Tuesday, in the state of California than from all of those six states and D.C. combined. So that's not going to happen. Short of incapacitation or a highly Unlikely convention floor revolt from delegates, delegates already pledged to Biden and loyal to the president. There's only one practical plan B. So here it is. Sue, you ready for this? I'm ready. And I don't think this is out of the question because what Jennings said is right. I think it would energize Democrats. They don't want this guy to run. No. Did you hear Bob Costas' stuff? No, what did well, Bob Bob's say? Bob's a little unhinged on the Trump stuff. There's no doubt about it. I want to be careful because Bob is considered part of our family here because of his connections with CamoX and I've disagreed with Mr. Costas over the years politically, and I would disagree with him on on some of this stuff. But he's not wrong about everything. He just hates he hates Trump. He hates the call. He has Trump derangement, you know, syndrome. Because if Trump is a threat to democracy, and in many ways he is, so too are the Dems who are in danger of being as feckless as the Republicans have long been shameless if they're going to send this guy out there. If Trump is a monster, and in many ways he is, 
You're going to send this guy out to slay the dragon? Yeah, so he was on Bill Maher's podcast. So essentially, here's what would have to happen. There's only, as they say, one practical plan B. Biden himself agreeing to hand over the baton. He's a proud man. This is, again, political how they wrote it. He's a proud man whose ego has been shaped by the experience of winning election to the Senate in his 20s, then being denied the presidency several times before securing it, convincing him he's in an increasingly untenable position and needs to stand down won't come easy. That might be the biggest challenge, right? But there is a path they say, that enables him to leave with dignity and on his terms. And, Sue, I wasn't joking. There were five different pieces in the New York Times basically saying it's time to go. L.A. Times, the Post-Dispatch editorialized, the Bill Maher show. So there is heavy pressure whether that means anything. So he could insist that he's still fit to serve out another term, but that he accepts the public's concerns with a president who would be 86 at the end of a second term. He could remind voters that he has always said he was a bridge to a future generation of Democrat leaders. The economy's on track, he could note, and argue that he defeated Trump once and protected American democracy. He met his duty. But here's the tricky part. All of that works. I think all of that works. And you can see a scenario that kind of plays itself out. Except what do you do with Harris? Exactly. That's the big problem. I hope people remember not only the greatness that we have in the field, but the way that we we've done it. I mean, I I feel like we we enjoyed every single day. We have fun. We play hard. um, And it's not always pretty, but we just continue to fight to the very end. Patrick Mahomes. After the Super Bowl last night, I think we have Kusumano coming up here in just a couple of minutes if we can get a hold of him. I have a couple of, you know, this is, um, and I've said this before, Sue, I know the focus is always on the presidential race, and we have big primaries for Congress and for, um, you know, the U.S. Senate in Missouri this year, and Illinois has their primaries as well. But these school board elections are pretty important. Mm, oh, nobody, yeah. nobody tends to do their homework. Well, very few people do their homework where they focus in on these, and realistically, you know, especially if you have kids that are that are in the classroom in these districts, that type of election is going to have more potentially more effect on your life than some of the national elections. But we have a couple of uh, candidates that are running for the Francis Howell School Board election. Adriana Kuhn and Sam Young coming in in the next hour here on 97.1 FM Talk. And then Ilya Shapiro is going to be here. You know, one of the questions I had for Ilya, he's our constitutional law expert, of course, at the Manhattan Institute right now. One of the issues on the arguments from last week with the court and the ballot issue from Colorado is when will they decide? You know, the other thing I want to know is like, I should know this at this point, but how do they how do they know? How do the Supremes know if everyone's going to kind of be on the same page or not with those decisions? So we'll get with I'm not Ilya. sure they do. Um, we'll find out. He's going to answer that question and more at 525. Plus, we have audio cut of the day. I think I got Kusumano on the line. A hell of a Super Bowl last night, Frank. Yeah, it started off a little sloppy. A little? It had a little cotton ball feel to yes, it. Yes, it did. But- if you get, you know, the seventh large, longest game in the history of the NFL and an overtime game in the Super Bowl, you're you're certainly getting your money's worth at the end. And we, we did. That was pretty hard stopping. I think you said this on Friday. You weren't the only one. Um, maybe I even said it along the way that we felt like this was going to be a game that was going to go down to the last score. And certainly a couple of times it did in regulation, then in overtime. And you can't really fault the 49ers for really – anything except for maybe not deferring on the overtime kick. Yeah. In fact, you know, a lot of people want to say, oh, boy, Kyle Shanahan, he'll just never win a Super Bowl. Oh, he just lost Super Bowls to Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, one and two on the all-time quarterback list, I think, as we speak right now. And here's the thing, and I've said this many times, you should never, ever, ever bet against Patrick Mahomes. He's the underdog in three straight games, and he does it. In my lifetime, like the three or four greatest closers are Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, 
and Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Those four right there. I would I would put um, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers into the mix there slightly as well because they Favre in particular in his heyday, man, there was just magic in the air, and Aaron Rodgers got a little of that as well. What do you think about the Andy Reid Travis Kelsey moment? Well, I like the way Andy Reid handled it, and I want to take you back. Uh, in fact, I looked at some video today. There's a moment in the regular season where Andy Reid actually bumps Kelsey and screaming at him on the sidelines. So we people just say, like, oh, that is the most horrible thing I've ever seen in my life. It's such disrespect. But we don't know their relationship exactly. and the give and take and what they're allowed to do. I think I think it's going to be just fine, and Andy uh, pretty much said so after. And you know how hot people were. They wanted, you know, for a while there, it just looked like nothing was going to get accomplished on the offense. But that play, it was really not the touchdown. Kelsey didn't get the winning touchdown, but that play to get him down within the 10-yard line, that might have been the play of the game right there. Yeah, and Kelsey won the second half. It was one catch and one yard in the first half, and then he ends up with like nine catches for 93 yards. So he, he's unguardable for an entire game if it's a big game. Frank, let's talk about the Blues and a great start after the break with two victories back-to-back. And last night, good Lord, that was more like a football score almost. It's absolutely amazing. They are 15-7-1 under Coach Drew Bannister. They have a great weekend in Buffalo and uh, Montreal. And here's the biggest thing. It's about the power play, stupid, if I could paraphrase James Carville. They were the worst power play in the National Hockey League before Bannister showed up. Now, since he showed up, they've been the sixth best team, scoring about 28% of the time. So, And then you get great goaltending, you know, back-to-back with Hofer and Jordan Bennington. Uh, you're right now, as we speak, if the season would end, they'd be in the postseason. I just, I hope they don't get to that point at the uh, trade deadline and become sellers because you can make the playoffs. You know, I'm a huge professional golf fan. I did not watch a lot of the tournament from the weekend, but I see that there was a little uh, trouble there yesterday with the drunk fans, and now they're calling it the Wasted Management Open. Yeah, I, I watched a little bit of it, too. And, you know, it's, it, it's neat to have that 16th hole and that environment's a little different, pack the house, but they're going to have to do something about controlling alcohol because players just are not – they're not going to do it. Yeah. They, they just won't come to that thing if it gets any worse. It got out of control. Look, they, they try. I guess what they tried to do on Saturday was they tried to shut down the alcohol sales for a little while, and then there was more yeah. of a yeah. revolt. Oh, well. So I, I don't know what the answer is. Look, I like the fact that that tournament has the interest in the fans, but you know, having a bunch of people in a, you know, on a stadium course cheering and not playing the normal you know, protocol rules with being quiet with golf, that's kind of cool to do in a tournament. But when you got drunk fans doing it and they don't know their limits, that's that's a different issue. So I think they do need to solve it. Frank, have a great week. We will talk on Friday afternoon. Sounds great, Mark. Thank All right, you, take sir. care. And by the way, Sue, we'll be talking to Frank from our Fish Fry. Woohoo! We got Fish Fry Fridays that are starting this week in Chesterfield. Stay tuned for details. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. 
the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams, all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 